Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Word on the Hill. That is Scott Powell. And that is Father Peter Mossett. And we are lanky guys. Dude, I wonder if that's in accord with the tune of the music that just came in before we started talking. I'm almost positive it's not. (laughs) But we'll find out. Let us see. Let us see if it's in the tune of the introductory song, which I cannot remember the name of. I'm pretty sure a debate broke out online regarding our podcast and the use of eagle's wings last week. Oh, man. I was watching that. Like, this thing is there was no mockery of eagle's wings. I mean, on our part? When I mean, like, the singing. Oh, yeah. Okay. The singing. But not the song itself. No, not the song itself. And that was. It's not my favorite song. I grant the content of the song the scripturosity of the song scripturosity dude hold on hold on that's the the name of the podcast today scripturosity scripturosity i wish that was the name of our podcast instead of lanky guys (laughs) me too guys if you guys if you guys hate scripturosity scripturosity with the lanky guys <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't expecting you to combine them. Kind of like a soda stream combines carbonation with water. It combines <laughs> CO two with water, creating carbonation. You mean CO two is not intrinsically just carbonation? I don't think so. I think it's just air. Well, yeah, Father Peter just bought a soda stream. You can always tell what Father Peter's doing based on what he talks about at the beginning of the podcast. It's true that end up, dude. I want to carbonate. Um, <laughs> I want, this is the thing: is that as soon as you get like a, like a, a soda stream or some sort of home carbonation unit, uh-huh. like it's just you're like, what else can I carbonate? <laughs> oh no! What are you? What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> we'll talk about it after the podcast. It's got, it's got withered into a ball and like with excited and totally shocked. Eyelids. He can't talk about what he's seen. Um, just move on. <laughs> just move <laughs> Trust on. Trust me. Okay. So the uh, this is the thing Ooh. though is that is that I want to like carbonate chalk. Like that's what I have <laughs> in my mind because like literally that's like what I, it's like what's on my mind. I put aside what I was doing for that. I want to carbonate chalk. Why? Because I'm making chalk and I got a soda stream. Because again, okay. you know what Father Peter's doing today, based on everything he talks about <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Yes, Father, Father Peter does make his own chalk. Y'all, I have to tell you, making chalk for chalking on campus is totally way better because you can make these like gigantor bits of. Um, They're big. Of, uh, of chalk. Of chalk. Yeah, like two inch <laughs> diameter, six inch. It's amazing. Like these They're things big. are. They're just phenomenal, and so there's so much chalk that you can just like go for it. Whereas, like, dude, that little like Crayola, like f- I'm at home, it's so dry, it's horrible. This stuff is just like it's like luscious. It means it makes a, a tremendously awesome. All line. the Crayola executives who are about to donate to us just put away their checkbooks. If Thanks you're, a lot, man. If you're a Crayola executive, I've got a great idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> we should get on with the show. I agree because guess what? Today we're going to be talking about the twenty-first Sunday in the time of the ordinals. We're not really talking about it, but it is the twenty-first Sunday of ordinary time. We're well, we're not talking about the fact that it's the twenty-first Sunday of ordinary time. I mean, we could. So it's the twenty-first Sunday in ordinary time. Done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and our readings for this week is today any sort of a feast day or a Saint Bartholomew? Really. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's but they all always about, get trumped. Well, all the readings are about the Pope, so I was just wondering if it's not like the Feast of St. Peter or the Cherub Peter or, or Peter's, a Pope 
a nose in particular. or toe or something. It's but they're all papal. So the readings for this week, the twenty first Sunday of Ordinary Time, are coming from first of all the Book of Isaiah, dude. Chapter seriously, twenty. Do we ever stop reading out of Isaiah? Verse. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. Couple, two first twenty two. This is the first time we we've only been here for three weeks. Yeah, but before that, it was like nineteen years. I I don't feel like I've ever 19 left. Nineteen years. We haven't. I've never left Isaiah, dude. I'm just living in Isaiah. You are okay. Isaiah twenty two verses nineteen through twenty three. I only have Isaiah for you. That was really witty, actually. <laughs> um, I, I don't want it to have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, Psalm one thirty eight mm. verses one to two, two to three, six, eight, and the verses from eight. Uh, B and C would no A. Um, so, A. For those Canadians out there, you're feeling quite excluded. A. Or, uh, or Fonzie. A. A. Or Weezer, Did, just for that video. Have you ever heard the show uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? It's on NPR. It's a little news quiz show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. But they uh, sometimes will have famous people on to do like, little quizzes. Uh-huh. And they had Fonzie. Or they had, what was the guy's name? Uh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler on. And the answer to every question they asked him, they made sure it was A. <laughs> it was really funny. Okay. Uh, second reading is from <laughs> it's from Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. And then the summit of our day. The capstone. Is Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20. Really? Yeah, like, <laughs> all right, dude. I just say, man, like Matthew sixteen is like, it's like the delineator for us. Yeah. Oh, for us as Catholics. Yeah. Not just you and I. No. I can't handle you because you're in a. He's in a big rocking chair like Barco lounger, and every time he goes back, he he knocks a floor lamp over. That it's just. He oh, it is. It's like, every time you just whack it, and it, I keep thinking it's gonna fall. Dude, it's kind of like whack a mole. Whack a mole. If for you who haven't played whack a mole, everybody's played whack. Who are these communists that aren't playing whack? Dude, this is the thing: is that if you I'm have, sorry, that if, was too far, wasn't it? <laughs> no, this is what I'm. I'm going to tell you. Okay. If you're in Colorado, my task for you, if you choose to accept it, is to go and go to Lakeside and play some whack a mole, dude. I somehow I knew you were going to bring Lakeside into this. Really? Yep. Dude, you can read my you can read my vibe. Our minds are melded. I'm going to uh, put this on social media. I only have eyes for you. Okay. Okay. I took a picture. I'm putting it on social media so you can all enjoy us. Dude, you can. T- and you can see what it looks like when we're podcasting. Dude, that would be Which the is best. what you all want. Yeah. All right. Did we say all the readings? Yes, we did. Okay. Back to business. Isaiah 22. So here's the thing. We just, didn't we just have Matthew 16 recently? Yeah, but we didn't have this part of the no, Matthew of the 16. Yeah, we did. Didn't we? No. Did we not? Because I feel like I just talked about the whole Caesar and. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Hold okay. On. Yeah, no, no, we really did. We just had we, like we a really month did, ago, just a couple weeks ago, which is fine. So be it. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, though. So I won't. I already do not spoil. About everything. Do not spoil everything for no, us. No, no, I won't. Okay, because we have we have a whole other kind of aspect, and all, oh, yeah, because we're not going to take the Caesarea Philippi no, route dude. to this, man. No, dude, no. You've already talked about that. Yeah, but we're still in. We're stuck in Caesarea Philippi. You know, what's fun is is uh, somebody came up to us and was like, you know, we're kind of, we're trying to. I'm trying to catch up. I'm like six months behind in your no, podcast, and they really? like, yeah, they just listened to it straight, and I'm like, there's something kind of That's, cool about that. No, there's not. That sounds awful. 
Yeah. Just a binge, a bend, a bender, a lanky guy's bender. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm so happy you laughed. Because <laughs> like, I, dude, I'll go on like certain podcast benders, dude. And you like, will? Oh yeah, like 99% invisible, dude. That Roman Mars. When when we have Roman and Mars start hanging out, it's like the best. Do you know who? Uh, oh, what's his name? I just, I just. Oh, what's his name? Everglass. No. But it was on Ira Glass's show, which is, what's that show called? This American Life. This American Life. He mentioned um, a podcast, and he played some clips. It was so stinking funny. It's by this guy on NPR. He's usually like the sports commentator, on an, if that's not a paradox, the sports commentator <laughs> on NPR. <laughs> um, he's so, but he, he just played, he just gives, a, he has a podcast every day. It just basically complains about the world, and it was so funny. Oh man, I missed that it one. It was so funny. Um Phil Phil Palco, maybe no, something like that. It's it was super funny. He had like a fifteen minute long diatribe on the term tooting your own horn and how it's <laughs> completely incorrect. <laughs> Cause he's like a horn is something you would actually toot. Like you wouldn't like Oh, he gave all these ridiculous examples <laughs> of things that you because a horn is something you do. It's appropriate that you actually toot your own horn, yeah, yeah. but not that and tooting you are, other people's horns is actually <laughs> right. a little bit of gross, right? Anyway, so. it's, uh, well, I, this is a terrible podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, welcome Sorry, to the Lanka guys, where we get together and we don't talk about no, scripture. No, you guys, we it's it's the students are all moving back to Boulder. There's a lot going on here this week. Our brains are in different places. Dude, we are going cray, sixty cray. miles an hour. And dude, somebody came up to me. I probably said this already on the Camino, but they were like, "Father, you're the only person I've ever heard use cray cray." <laughs> I just said it. Just now, I know, and I and I was like, that's because that's part of our culture here, because our not, culture is cray cray. Us. It's just us. Well, I mean, culture is oh, is more than just you and I. Culture is not saying cray cray. No, it is cray cray. It is cray cray. Oh, just cray. Oh, dude, cray Tote, totes okay. cray totes cray. I have a hard time getting into things. Okay, Isaiah twenty two. So here's the thing: all the readings this week, or at least the first reading in the gospel, mm-hmm. have something to do with the Pope. Yeah, do you know what's which is fascinating you know to me because really it's not cool? a papal feast. I found this thing. I, I was reading Wired. <laughs> Come on. No, just hang okay. out with me. Okay, okay. Okay. So I was reading Wired and they were talking about this guy was like talking about breaking into his buddy's apartment uh, because he had like taken pictures of his keys. And then he uploaded those. Who took that, pictures of whose keys? This dude uploaded pictures, uh, took pictures of his. Of, uh, of his friend's keys or his own his keys? His friend's keys. Okay. And then he uploaded that picture to a uh, website called Kimi. And he, and then they made him a key, mailed it to him, and he broke into his house. You're kidding me. No. You can do that? Oh, yeah. And I just did it. I just ordered, I just went online to key me, and I ordered a bunch of keys. To whose house? To mine? Yeah. I mean, no. like, I do that. I'm just like taking pictures of your keys, dude. You just so don't you, even know. Really? Is this a thing? Dude, it is a thing. It's, Why did you bring this up, by the way? Because um, we're talking. Oh, come on. I just got it. I Seriously, I didn't get it. This is just preparatory, preparatory work, man. Okay, I'm there now. Okay, let's go. So Isaiah, we have, so here's, we have uh, Shebna, Eliakim, and Hilkiah. Eliakim. Thank you very much. <laughs> Eliakim. This is a great story. Kim, so, okay. Kim. So the context to this story or this, this retelling, this recount that Isaiah is giving us the context is uh, it's actually from Second Kings, I think, around chapter nineteen or so. So it's the time of the kingship of Hezekiah. Okay, you okay. following me? You're I'm following, following you. I'm tracking. So it's Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the one who lived uh, at the time that the Assyrian Empire 
was beginning to, they tried to destroy Jerusalem. Remember that? Yes. They just conquered the north. It's that that moment. A couple a couple chapters before was when they brought in the five different nations and intermarried them with the northern kingdom and the Samaritans and all this all this stuff, right? And then they tried to make this push down in Jerusalem. And you remember that there's this great story about how the kings often embody the fate of their people. Do, do we have we talked about this on the podcast before? So we have. It's been a while though. But I mean, kings embody their people, and kings it, embody their people. It's so, a really important idea to be able to keep in intention. Old Testament, but in the New Testament, especially with Christ, it's, it's huge. really. It's like it, that's what we understand, and that's actually how we can see salvation in a very clear way. And Hezekiah is one of the greatest examples of this. So he. Um, Assyria is beginning to attack Jerusalem, and the king Hezekiah gets very, very ill. And the further Assyria moves in, and the worse the battle gets, and the more of Jerusalem that starts to fall, the more ill the king gets until he's on the point of death. And there's this miraculous intervention. God intercedes. Assyria pulls back. And as Assyria pulls back, guess what happens to Hezekiah's health? Restored. He has this miraculous restoration. And so as, this, as the kingdom is sort of saved, so is he. And then Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah, comes in and says, hey, this is great, king. But just know that your, your healing, your physical healing is going to be short-lived. The disease is going to come back and you're going to die soon. Just as soon after Assyria leaves, the Babylonians are going to come in and they're going to finish the job and destroy Jerusalem. Mm. So it, it's a really interesting story, but that's the time period we're in. So here's what's happening. And this is, this is really fascinating. Um. Hezekiah is watching as the Assyrian forces are beginning to press down Jerusalem. They're giving all these threats. They're telling the people, basically, you are done for. Your God is useless. Everything Hezekiah is telling you is wrong because we're so much more powerful than you are. So we're going to destroy you. Okay. Hezekiah and Isaiah, his prophet, are saying, no, we need to trust in God. If God wants to protect us, God will protect us. There's nothing that these Assyrians can do that can overpower God. So we have to put our trust in him. We trust that we're going to survive this. Right? Makes sense? Shebna, who is the king's prime minister, the one who holds the keys, basically the second most powerful person in the kingdom. Yeah. Very wealthy guy. I think he might have actually been originally Egyptian. I'm not sure. He doesn't appear to be Jewish. but With the name Shebna, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. It's a little weird. Yeah. But he goes out. So during all this stuff, while this is happening, he goes out to this cliffside and buys this beautiful, opulent grave and tomb for himself. (laughs) <laughs> and then he comes back to his office. <laughs> and it's this weird, it's kind of put in the text, and you're like, what, what's going on? Why is it pointing that out? And But I mean, imagine you're Hezekiah, imagine you're the people. You're like, okay, the king just told us, we're not going to die. The Assyrians are not going to slaughter us because God will protect us. But the right-hand man of the king just went and bought a really fancy tomb for himself. <laughs> what message is that conveying to the people? Yeah, and so t- times are going to get hard. Times are getting hard. So because of that, that's where we pick it up in Isaiah. So as a commentary on that, it says, Thus says the Lord to Shebna, the master of the palace, the prime minister, the holder of the keys, right? I will thrust you down from your office. I will pull you down from your station. And on that day, I will summon my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your robe and gird him with your sash and give him over and give over to him your authority. He will be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And I will place the key of the house of David on Eliakim's shoulder. When he opens, no one shall shut. When he shuts, no one shall open. I will fix him like a peg in a sure spot, a sure spot to, be a fo- to be a place of honor for his family. So what's going on is you have this prime minister who's lousy. And why is he lousy? What's wrong with Shebna? What's his fundamental problem? Despair. I mean, he, he's. I mean, yes. He's just. He's just kind of. Well, I mean, he's preemptive of the Lord's work. God said, "I'm going to protect you." Does he trust it or not? No. 
He doesn't appear to trust God. No, he doesn't do anything that's sort of objectively a crime or, or wrong. You know what I mean? There's nothing on that you could charge him with. He bought a tomb. I mean, people do that. His death, you know, well, death is going to happen. I, but I, this is such an important point in in all of our in all of our lives, though, is that when we're when we're looking at the morality of things, like there are there are objectively difficult. Right now, uh, Scott is drinking one of uh, the delicious drink that I. The reason why I bought a Soda Stream is you use simply lemonade and then you mix it with club soda, and it is just phenomenally like light and satisfying. Yes, and I'm trying to do it quietly, and and so I don't get any people telling you talking about how I shouldn't eat on the air. Ah, um, like Father Peter, okay. But this is a fundamental thing where, like, uh, you can discern good from bad. Yep. But but when we're actually when you're close to the Lord, there's when your spirit is off, it has very real consequences. It's it's uh, yes. it's. This is what's so hard is so yeah. it's like Shebna's spirit gets off. It's not necessary. Like and now he does he does a, an objective action that mm-hmm. is expressing the the sourness, saying I actually don't trust in God. Yes, and and it's right. bringing about a terrible result, which is now he's not is, saying I don't trust in God, but he's doing something that's gonna which goes along that. which is exactly how scripture does it. That's it's it. it's yep. basically you're not always going to be able to tell somebody's internal temperature mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to say like oh yeah this person's spirit's off but right. they're going to start acting in a way that is in accord with what's really in their spirit and right. like and and then the scripture is always going to show you what the result of that is exactly right it's it's almost like they go with uh, behaviors rather than interior dispositions absolutely yeah well uh, yes and no but this i mean this behavior is giving visibility to the interior disposition which is which is um carol Witte was acting person all over right. the place phenomenology phenomenal but because of this so here's the the take home because of that because of that disposition which is showing itself in a very real way um god is going to choose to do what god's going to do which is to remove the person who was in charge of the household so it says you know he has the keys to the kingdom he was called the father literally the the abba the papa of the household um, of the kingdom. He has all the power in the king's absence. That is stripped from him. It's taken. He becomes demoted to a scribe or to a secretary. And that shows up if you do like a word search on Shebna's name, he'll be described oftentimes as a scribe or a servant because he's been demoted to this. He's not killed or put to death or anything. But he's demoted. And this guy Eliakim is now elevated and given the role of the father of the household, right? The, uh, the person who has the keys. Which, so, yeah, there's all this stuff that's pointing ahead to the papacy. See, here's the thing about this. You and I, Father Peter, yeah. we read something like this, and it's hard for me to see anything other than sort of a proof text for the papacy, right? Uh, to yeah, say, I mean, like, look, there's a pope, he's got the keys to the kingdom, he's called the father of the household, he's in charge. And the what he opens, absence. no one shall shut. Yeah. You know, what he shuts, no one shall open. What you bind right. in heaven, you bind on earth. Like, it's, like, this is, like, so clear. But here's the thing. When Jesus and and the gospel reading is is leans on on this tradition, right? When he gives Peter the keys to the kingdom, but we read it as a proof text. I hear it as an apologetic. When Jesus was saying this to his apostles, they're not thinking in terms of apologetics because you don't have to explain this to anybody. Everybody knows that the person who holds the keys in the kingdom is the prime minister. That they're the fathers of the household. There's not. They don't have to do all the mental work to figure out what this actually means. Yeah. So they have a freedom that we actually don't have, which is this freedom to go deeper into the story and say, okay, that's great. This describes the papacy. Fine. That's a given. Yeah. Now, what's actually happening with Shebna and Eliakim? What is the Lord trying to teach us? Because He's not giving us a proof text 
for the papacy. He is, no. but that's not his intention. No, he's making God never intended the glory that we, the mystery. God never intended that we forget about this stuff, that there was this role in the kingdom that Jesus is fulfilling. So now we have to deal with the fact, and this is where the psalm comes in, I think. Okay, Does that make a, sense? Yeah, that's a great point. And here's where, but, and that's, so I was trying to figure out, okay, how do the other two readings fit into this? Yeah. And the other two readings fit because I think at one, at some point or another, and some of you guys listening, I'm sure you know apologetics and you do Bible studies and you study this stuff, which is very good. But at some point we have to go a little bit beyond that and say, okay, that's great. Here's proof of the papacy. But now we have to actually foreshadowing look, help a beautiful us foreshadowing. Yeah, proof is sort of a sloppy way to say it, but a beautiful foreshadowing. But now we have to go into the story on its own terms, which yes. is what the psalm and the second reading do. So the psalm, which says, Lord, your love is eternal. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I will give thanks to the Lord, you, O Lord, with all my heart, for you have heard the words of my mouth in the presence of the angels I was singing praise. So, Lord, your love is eternal. I do not forsake the work of your hands. This is a little commentary on what Shebna is doing and maybe what Eliakim is doing that Shebna is not doing. The Lord's love is eternal, and he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to, his purposes are going to be fulfilled whether we cooperate or not. Now, he wants us to cooperate with him, right? But this is the whole story of the Old Testament. God had a people, God founded a people that he called his firstborn son, who he wanted to go out to the world and bring the light of Yahweh to the world and bring them back into the family. They failed at that. They shut people out. They actually made themselves nationalistic. So they go into exile. They go into slavery. And because of their slavery and their intermarrying are dispersed through all the nations of the world. So God sends his son, Jesus Christ, to bring all the world back together through the people of Israel who is now dispersed through everyone. So God's going to do what he's going to do, whether we like it or not. We should cooperate. It's going to go a lot easier for us. Yes. But, you know, Israel had to get sent off into slavery in a certain sense so that they can drag everybody else with them one way or another. God's going to do what he's going to do. His love is eternal. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The work of his hands is that he established a kingdom in Israel. And he said, I want the world to look at this kingdom, despite the flaws of the kings and despite the flaws of the people in this kingdom, but to see some reminder, some image of my kingship over the entire world. The kings of Israel are not God. And there's a reason that the Bible specifically points out all the flaws of the kings of Israel more than any other writings of the ancient world, right? Yeah. All the flaws of these kings to remind them that, no, God is king. They are, they are just stewards. But still, yet, those kingdoms were supposed to be an image into God's kingship over the world, when they're at their best, at least. Yeah. Even when the kings fail, even when Shebna does something really dumb, do not forsake the words of work of your hands, Lord. Just because we have a stupid secretary, just because we have a boneheaded prime minister, <laughs> don't forget that this is still your kingdom. Just because we have a king... Hezekiah, who does great things, who trusts in the Lord, but then two chapters later sells all their wealth to Babylon, who's going to later on come on and slaughter them. Even though we do these incredibly foolish things, don't forsake the work of your hands. We're still your kingdom. We're still your people. It's, it's like the words of Moses when God was saying, I'm not going to go with you guys anymore. I'm done with you. He's saying, no, I know we're a bunch of boneheads. Yeah. I know we just started worshiping a golden calf and having an orgy in front of it, but you're stuck with us. We're still your people. Do not you you started a task here. You started a project. You can't abandon us. And that's I think what we should all say in the church. Look, the church is kind of a mess right now. It's been a mess for a couple, you know, however many decades couple thousand it has, years. couple thousand years. <laughs> but you started this task, Lord. You put it in the hands of this really boneheaded fisherman. Don't forsake that. 
even despite our flaws, continue on. And that's what God is doing in this story. He's saying, fine, Shebna blew it. Fine, yeah. I'll strip Shebna of that power, and I'll give it to somebody else. I'm not going to obliterate the kingdom. Yep. I'm going to simply say, let's move on. Let's give it to someone else, and let's give them their shot. And it's sort of a beautiful reality it, it's because beautiful, God's but, kingdom remains. But it, it actually even goes deeper. And this is actually why the mystery of Christ is such a powerful expression because like uh, in antiquity and in, in all of this and even in the experience in and of itself is just failure and so so, <laughs> yeah. so so what's happening is that jesus actually really takes sin and death and all of this stuff and flips it on its head and shows how even these things can actually pour forth the grace of God. Absolutely. Even the, the mistaken realities of humanity are not outside of the pair view of, of the Lord's mercy and goodness. Right. That's why why calling upon him to not forsake the work of his hands is like, I mean, th- th- that's that's the desire, but that's also the where Christ actually supercharges this. Right. And says, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, we are, we're going to actually show how Shebna and Hilkiah and all of this, it, it's not just some sort of proof text, but it's actually a profound encounter with the mystery of God redeeming even the most profound human fra- frailty. But that's precisely how God does not forsake the work of his hands. Oh, I won't forsake the work of my hands. Here's how I'm not going to forsake it. Not only will I not abandon this kingdom, I'm actually, you know that guy that you've been calling son of God, that king? I'm actually going to send my son to be the king, to bring, to blow it up, right? To, to supercharge it, like you said. That's how God does not forsake the work of his hands. Instead of forsaking it, he actually, I think supercharge is the best word for it. I Supercharge or carbonate. I mean, given <laughs> given our conversation, and so does right. stream. Yeah. Well, which is, I think, a, a good segue into the second reading, which is because <laughs> what it is. It, it, that's awesome. I, yeah, amen. But it is a good segue into that, not the soda stream part. But um, <laughs> so coming from Romans chapter eleven, verse thirty-three. So Paul, and we talked about this last week. Paul has just finished. Um, Bring. It's a text message. It's Please. Really cute. Please, during the self, the recording <laughs> oh, on, of the man. podcast, silence your cell phones. Oh, it's a video. I better not do that. Um, oh, from from your kids? Yeah, Samuel looks like Samuel's going off a diving board. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's just jumping. Dude, that's the best. <laughs> Sorry, we're in the middle of a podcast. This is the most <laughs> unprofessional thing I could possibly <laughs> yeah. be doing. Dude, so Paul just finished this shiny whole thi- things. No, come on. Paul just finished this whole thing about how, you know, how come the people of Israel now? So, I mean, think about this. Put this in the whole big picture. Remember last week, it was that passage from Romans chapter 9, I believe, where Paul said, okay, I, you know, basically my saying my heart is broken over the people of Israel. How come they have rejected? How come I would rather I myself be cut off from salvation? Remember this? Yes, absolutely. Rather than lose my brothers and sisters. And to that, you know, I mean, put all of these things in context. Make, make scripture a continuum for a second. You have this first reading in which a person from Israel doing something foolish, rejecting God in a certain sense, and God saying, okay, it's fine. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to put someone in their place. The same sort of thing happening in, in the history that Paul is dealing with. Okay, how come my people have now rejected? So many, many of my people, not all of us, yeah. many of my people have now rejected the Messiah. Has God just moved on to something else, right? Yeah. How does this work? Because it seems like the people of Israel are doing precisely what we did in the Old Testament, which is rejecting God's ways. It's the same thing that we do all the time. 
And in response to trying to figure that out, okay, what are you going to do with us, Lord? Please don't abandon us. Don't forsake the work of your hands. It looks like you have at this point in Paul's mind, perhaps, looking around, seeing this Gentile-dominated church, saying, wow, have you actually forsaken us? Have you finally, have we finally hit the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Is it is so much rejection that you're just done and you've moved on to another ethnicity? And then he comes to this conclusion at the end of chapter 11, which is, I think 9 through 11 is the capstone of all of Romans in a certain sense. But he, he comes to this conclusion. He says, no, oh, the depth and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How inscrutable are his judgments. How unsearchable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has given the Lord anything that he may be repaid? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory, and for, uh, to be glory forever. Amen. Inscrutable are your judgments. You've made decisions. You're doing things. You're moving. Even now, I mean, we can say you're moving the church. You're moving our, our country, our government in certain directions. Why? Why are you doing this? Why do you allow all these abortions? Why do you allow people to, you know, there's this thing going on in Oklahoma City, this black mass where these people claim to have stolen a host and are going to desecrate it. Why do you allow that? Why don't you send a lightning bolt down to just take care of it, right? Yeah. Why Why do you do these things? Why do you allow your people to be so foolish? Why, 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 why? And Paul's asking the same question. He comes to the conclusion, you know what? Your ways are inscrutable. They're unsearchable. I can't understand what your ways are, but I trust that you are still God and I am not God. And you have never forsaken us and you are not forsaken. You will not forsake us now. You know, I, I, I've known some really amazing strategists in my time. Like folks, like um, Father Kevin Augustine is one. Like I, just just watching how he's he was able to actually go through and do strategy. Mm. And like there's moments where like it's totally unintelligible and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you're going like, what are you? Like, no. what are you doing, man? This is not. Mm. And then all of a sudden it bears this fruit that right. you're like, whoa, hold on. Like, and so like, uh, and, and yeah. in some ways, those are the best strategies. The ones where you're, you're going like, man, you just don't see it coming. And, and like, we, we love it in literary, in literary terms. If, if, yeah. if literature you're going or in a movie and all of a mm. sudden it takes this turn and you're like, whoa, you mean he's really a father? Like it was right. like, it was like that Cheerios commercial. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, that's, that's called, called the plot, plot twist. twist. <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about that last week? I think I might've edited it. Go. Oh. That's okay. It's it's for, it's for peanut butter Cheerios. Just look at the the like way to dad hashtag, hashtag how to dad how to dad. It's, it's really it's, real funny. It's pretty awesome. But but it's it's that where it's it's like you're going and saying, oh man, like oh I did not see that coming. And the yeah. surprise and the delight and the you catastrophe of all of it. It's just what did you just say? You catastrophe. And so did term, you just make that up? No, it's a term from Tolkien. Tolkien <laughs> uh, uses that word, and he, what he says is, is a catastrophe is is um, something that's a catastrophe that leads to something that's so far beyond what could have actually taken place without hmm. having that catastrophe happen. Really? What's yeah. it called? catastrophe. Wow. Yeah, and so, so huh. Lord of the Rings is like marked with all of that. And and same with the same with the I mean he comes he brings it from from Christ it's hmm. all from Christ yeah. which is the grand wow. catastrophe we could have wow. never seen no it's, it is the ultimate catastrophe of all time yeah but 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 from it comes such a great glory that we could have never imagined would have oh, ever been fall. present yeah wow speaking of happy fault is it happy fall or happy fault 
Happy Fault. Oh. Oh, Happy yeah. Fault. Oh, necessary sin of Adam. Which is like really hard to, to handle theologically and it stuff. Is. I don't even get it. But that's that's a talk about you catastrophe. I okay. That's a different debate for another time. What are, what are you going to debate me on? I no, not you. That that line. I have somewhat of a tiny beef. Some it. some other people have beef with it too. It's the word necessary for me. Yeah, it's a, it is a happy fault. That I agree with. But the necessary, necessary sin of Adam? Like what? Because a, a lot of the fathers of the church would even debate whether Jesus did Jesus actually have to die. And some, you know, some have said that even just simply his incarnation, taking on human flesh was enough to heal all human flesh. The fact that God takes it on. He goes, it's the catastrophe, right? He goes so above and beyond. He does what's most, not just necessary, but what's appropriate. Yeah. That he actually takes on all these things. Anyway, that's a different debate for another day. Right now that we, have, hard. we have to deal with Peter. Oh, right. So Matthew 16, Peter. Dude, it's like being catholic dude this is as catholic as it comes i mean it's just like it like here we go saddle up what do you got talk Um, to me i i spilled my things three weeks ago or whatever (laughs) remember i said everything there was to say about this yeah i remember that um it's just so intense that god would actually give real authority to a human to that guy of all people you know i like, because he is, he's, he's impetuous, um, he, which is just, for those of you who don't know what that means, it, <laughs> he, he, he responds very quickly to all things. I mean, like literally right after this, Jesus gives him the keys of the kingdom. And then they say, he's like, you're not going to the cross. And he's like, skip behind me, Satan. Yeah. He calls him Satan, like, which is rough. Which is rough, which is sometimes people will take that and, and like, be like, oh, see, see, he gave him the authority. But, oh, but, but what's contrasted by that is, is, uh, actually Peter commits Jesus later on to pay the temple tax. So some Pharisees come up to him and they say, hey, does your teacher pay the temple tax? And Peter's like, yeah. And Jesus is like, dude, you screwed up. But to, in order, to, he, he's like, but you have to go get those fishes over there out of the thing. And we're going to actually pay the temple tax out of these fishes because there's some coins that <laughs> the these coin fishes. coin comes out of his mouth. It's the best. It's the best. because. But it's funny because what you're seeing is that you're actually seeing Peter binding the Lord to something. What do you mean? He says, "Yes, we pay the temple." Oh, tax. you're talking about later. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah. talking later. So, so what we're seeing here is we're actually seeing an authentic authority being bestowed yeah. upon Peter, and yes. what he does, even if it's screwy, is still authoritative. It's still authoritative. Also, I mean, to be honest with you, Peter, in the fact that this this happens, and the very next thing he does, like you said, is he Jesus says, "Okay, I'm going to the cross now." He's like, "No, you're not." He says, "Get behind me, Satan." He puts himself in in the company of of the prime ministers and the kings of Israel. So what it, what that story I think shows me more than anything else is that there's really nothing new under the sun. I mean, it's the same God deal. is it's there's no break between the Old Testament and the New Testament. God gives authority, real, actual authority, to frail, sinful men. He does. Yes. And they often will blow it, but that doesn't change the fact that God gives real authority. He actually has some trust in us. We don't believe what our, our Lutheran friends, for example, believe, that we actually have no power whatsoever to do anything. God actually has trust in his children. Now, yes. he knows we're going to blow it, and he's always going to be there to pick us back up when we do blow it. But that's a profound insight. That's a profound responsibility that Peter really has 
power. He really has authority. The Pope, Pope Francis, really has some authority. He's not God, right? We don't worship the Pope. We all know that. Really? This is, this is real, though. That, I'm just yeah, kidding. That, that, was, that was funny. But isn't that amazing? And again, we can look around at the world and things in the church and say, don't forsake the work of your hands. He says, I won't. Don't worry about it. And I'm going to not forsake the work of my hands in such a way that your minds will continue to be blown. We've already sent the capstone of all human history. Jesus Christ has become incarnate. Yes. That has already blown your minds, but I'm not done yet. I'm still, I still hold the church in my hands. I still hold my kingdom in my hands, despite the flaws of people like you and me who do ministry in the church. I was, I, I, we, uh, we've been prayer walking the campus um, each night for a week before all the students get here. That's what mm. we do. And, and last night I was, I was praying um, and I was like, oh my goodness, I really am the spiritual authority over this particular land. Lord help us. I know. Amen. And then I, then I'm, I'm watching and I go, okay, hold on. Um, because I am an authority in this land. Give success to the work of my hands. Give mm. success to the work of my hands. Like um, th- th- that's another line from the Psalms. But mm. but that that's that's this desire is we're trying to say like Lord help us. Cool mm. cool thing uh, about the papacy though too is that there's also levels of teaching. So mm. there there's a there's yes. a, there's a pastoral expression and then there's doctrinal expression and that those things are actually really clearly defined and no pope throughout time has ever made a doctrinal error in their teaching officially. Right. And that's like right. where where they don't contradict each other and they might have a different pastoral expression. Yeah. Um, which is which is necessary for each time and each age and actually each individual person, let's be honest. Absolutely. Like, like the way you uh, like um, I, I celebrated a funeral the other day for a, a, a federal judge, and one of the things he was passionate about was equal application and just application of the law. Hmm. And like so you can apply the law badly. Yeah, you can right. actually look, and you can mistake and miss the person, and miss the expression of mm. what's actually supposed to take place. And that's really where pastoral expression comes. I mean, it's like there, there's, there's, huh. like the Lord is oriented towards our salvation. That's why He gives authority because we need to, we need to have assurances. Huh. We need to have confidence and and the ability to move forward and not just be like bogged down and, and laden and that's really where it's such a beautiful thing what we have in, in our faith and right. with the expression of peter and, and with with this al bayit as they would say yes which, which al- do you know what al bayit means no it means over the household over the household literally yeah, that's yeah. the literal meaning all is over bayit is the house bayit so so if uh so so what you're saying is that like I um, am just a, a bite size uh, pastor. Oh, that's uh, a house <laughs> can, sized pastor. Can you handle that? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't either. Oh, they, oh no! As you said that, Amelia Scruggs wrote on our Facebook play, page said, "Please, for the love of God, use fewer puns this week." <laughs> As you said that, dude. That's so, Amelia. That one was for you, Amelia. Wow, well timed. Our reader, our, I, our I, listeners should know that when they ask us not to do something, it just makes us want to do it. More. I know. It's like I just because <laughs> then I just buy eat uh, off more than I can choose. Yeah, uh, you can call me L. <laughs> what? I'll buy oh, it. yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah. poor. You were all, you were over that. That was poor. Um, come on, that was a that, dude. I just hit you with the second level, dude. I over that. 
Oh, Once Simon and Garfunkel be brought it, get brought into it, I think. Yeah, things get weird. Um, I, anyway, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Just to, like be honest, I feel like I want to, I want to like either. tie a ribbon and like a, a big bow and say this is all the reasons why everything is totally amazing. But there's not one though. I mean, that's, because the keys have just given been given. The keys in the first. So you have the first. You have our little uh, our little chiasm. I mean, the keys are given in the first reading to some guy. That, quite frankly, we know virtually nothing about. Right? Do you know anything else about Eliakim other than he's used as a proof text for the papacy? No, I mean, like, uh, I we, have no. We don't. He might have been a fantastic guy. He might have been a terrible guy in the end. I, I have no idea. But the point is, God gave real, tangible, visible authority to that guy. Took it away from one guy, gave it to another guy. Which is also why, you know, and frankly, the, the fact that that's being done now— the, different reasons entirely but it also assures us that if it's god's will that a holy man named benedict retire the papacy and give those keys to somebody else god can lead him to do that shebna was called to strip be stripped of those keys and give them to eliakim just as benedict for whatever reason i think a holy reason not because he made a bad decision but was called to say hey it's now it's time to give the keys to this man francis dude i wonder how benedict's doing by the way I heard, I read recently that before Pope Francis travels anywhere, he goes and receives a blessing from uh, Pope Benedict, which I just thought was beautiful. There's something really beautiful about that. That there is, dude. That's like that's like du- that's like double Pope action, man. It is, but it's but there's a beauty that that we. This is the thing we have to kind of remember that. I mean, this is un, it was unprecedented when you know at least in our time and hundreds of years that Pope Benedict did this. But again, we have to we have to hope and we have to pray that prayer of the Psalms that God's not going to forsake His plans. This is His plan. He's leading this. The papacy is His. Yeah. The kingdom's His. It's His kingdom. Yeah. So His right hand man is His right hand man. His al bayit is the one who He wants as the al bayit. Yes. Shebna is not going to stay there if if Hezekiah doesn't want Shebna to stay there. If God doesn't want Shebna to stay there, He's going to do what He wants because He is God. Now, God allows things to happen. And he allowed Shebna to do this. I'm not. I, I. I don't want to sound like I've been down on Francis this week. I talked about human flaws and how humans failed these things. I love Pope Francis, so I don't. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Franky's the best man. And I have a, a problem with Franny. Franny. Um, I. I can't call the Pope Franny. 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 I mean, what's wrong with me? He would be kind of okay with that if anybody would. It yeah, would yeah, be yeah. him. What, anyway, what's what's cool is that like uh, I just uh, took the frame of. of Pope Benedict, and I pulled uh, I pulled Benedict out to put uh, Pope Francis in, but I used Pope Benedict on the backing so that he's like the little like extra spacer. So oh, he's yeah. like literally behind. He's still be- That's beautiful. Isn't that cool? It's yeah. Like, it's kind of like a little sacramental expression of what's That's, real. I like that. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. when you look at Frankie at St. Thomas, you can know that Benedict's got his back, literally. He does. He really does. I, I think, I believe. And then I just need to put Jesus back there too. And, and that the, God's got both of their backs. Yep. Which is really the key to all of this. And if we ever have a Pope in our time who for some reason does something that a Pope ought not do, the readings are telling us, don't worry because God is still God and his kingdom will not be forsaken. No matter what happens, no matter what human does, whatever we choose to do because we're foolish sometimes, God is still God. And that's the point of these readings. Peter immediately was called Satan after being elevated to the papacy. <laughs> which which shows you what it's like to actually be elevated in any hierarchical position in the church. 
So you're going to do something stupid and just totally get whacked. I mean, that's just every single one of us. That's true. Um, what was the name? What was the scripture lucid scripture lucidity or something? Oh, I don't know. What was the, to it. Yeah, yeah, we have to listen Script- to that again. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. You guys all was, remember. It was you so just awesome. I'll figure it out. Yeah, me too. All right, guys. We got to go. We will be back next week. I mean, um, th- that is unless uh, I've been yeah. elevated to the papacy, and at that point, I'm not going to- We're still going to do this? We are? Are you kidding me? You're going to sell me out if you become Pope? Oh, no, dude. You're going to move into the papal household with me. <laughs> oh, good. You and your fam. Good. You'll be my Alba. I'll take the uh, papal suite that Francis isn't using. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in there. That can be the studio. Yeah. Perfect. Perf. Talk it up, man. All right, everybody. We will be back next week. Uh, find us on Facebook. Send us an email. Put us Ask in your, your questions. Soda stream. Put us in your soda stream. Ask your questions on our Facebook page. We'd love to talk about readings and answer questions that you have. Um, Sing on yeah. Eagle's Wings for everybody who you know. Dedicated to us. Um, and then uh, you can also like just kind of make up random songs and things, and then you just keep talking, and it'll be just amazing. It'll be like, and have fun, everybody who's headed back to school. We are praying for you. Yeah. We will see you soon. We'll see you as soon as we can. As soon it's as great. We can. I'm just going to keep talking until we'll, you we'll just bring cut the me double off. Daggs. Okay. <laughs> bye. 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 The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week. <laughs>